Previously on Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then you get this amazing back and forth again where he's like, you know, you should be able to reach out with your mind. There's one. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you spot a vampire. Yeah. What are you talking about? You know, I don't need to hone anything. It's obvious. <laughs> he prays again. <laughs> he amen. loves a good pray, this guy. He loves a good amen, doesn't he? Yeah. This is when Buffy takes over. This is when Buffy becomes the Slayer and she accepts who she's going to be. Hello and welcome back to previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We are now on episode two, The Harvest. Now, Sarah, what did you think to this one? Uh, I really liked this one, actually. It moved the story along nicely after being introduced to all the characters in episode one. Uh, we know who everybody is now and we can just progress with the relationships and with the story. And I know that we were all just dying to find out what would happen to Buffy I in know. that coffin. Yeah. Oh, I must say, I struggled watching this one this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it was just more the case of like, oh, come on, I just want to get on with it now. I just want to move on. Mm. Um, but you're you're absolutely right, though. It really, it doesn't slow down in any way and it just gets on with the story, which for me, I was quite thankful for, you know, sort of really progresses through. Uh, it puts everyone in a position where you get to know them and they start to show their strengths if they're the, the good guys and then also the weaknesses as well. But yeah, I mean, Buffy is super human strength against Luke manages to get out of that coffin. Well, need I say with a bit of luck with the cross? Yeah, all thanks to the cross that the handsome stranger gave her in the alleyway. (laughs) (laughs) Who, of course, we find out who he is soon. So We do. um, But there's a a bit of a a ruckus outside uh, in the cemetery. Xander and Jesse and Willow running away and then the, the confusion. That comes out of that and and of course we we don't know where jesse is at the end of this first opening scene no um, so um, it's all doom and gloom for him isn't it it is very worrying times and as we kind of see throughout the episode xander is really concerned about his friend as you would be and is kind of having a hard time with what happens to him next i think he has a, a bit of a hard time accepting his fate yeah and the whole vampire is a real thing yeah which uh in the next scene I, this is actually the first library scene that that we get with the gang all together but of course it's after the main theme tune and the credits yes which, which you just have to headbang to every time <laughs> <laughs> so i mean did, did you ever skip it or do you ever skip um, when I'm watching with my sister, she she has a tendency to skip credits, except yeah. for at the beginning of a season, just to see what's changed oh, in the credits. Okay. But yeah. I I just can't resist the theme music. I love it. I would, yeah. yeah I personally would never skip it. No, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the the library scene, then we've got the very cool globe spin. Yeah, Giles very does. cool. And this is his first sort of exposition. Mm-hmm speech where he explains everything which Um, I understand he loved doing (laughs) not (laughs) (laughs) to be honest with you I can't imagine and I think the the writers and the the production team the directors they loved the fact that Anthony Head was so good at doing this yeah um because he of course you know he had these really big chunky bits of uh, dialogue which actually could be delivered in quite a boring way and of course this is his first one but these never get boring they're always so so good and and it's it's not just Giles explaining it it's the response and the reaction from the other members of the gang yeah really just just add to it they're just so well written just the back and forth it it like said before it would be so easy for it to just be oh, come on, you know, get to the point. Too much detail, but it never feels like that. No, never does. And I think uh, one of my favourite lines, because there's a few really good lines in this episode, but um, one of the first ones that I loved 
is between Xander and Buffy. And it, it comes after a bit of back and forth, which is, I think this is a really good one as well, because you're, you're actually getting exposition from the master's layer as mm. well. So it sort of goes back and forth and it's really clever, clever cinematography there. And we're getting the, the fact that Luke and Darla, who we now know is Darla and the master, they've you know presented Jesse to the master as bait. Yeah. But there's an amazing line where um, Xander, <laughs> Xander says, can they fly? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Buffy's like, they, they can drive. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I think it's, it's just that really quick, quick thinking, quick response, really uh, is very synonymous with, with Buffy. But you do get this amazing um, back and forth between all the characters with Willow as well. You know, she's, she's struggling to take it all in and, yeah, she says uh, that she needs to sit down and Buffy points yeah. out, you're already sitting down. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, breathe. oh, yeah. Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I think it's a really good first exposition mm-hmm. scene. And, um, and it's good, you know, that they do split it up because it drives, as you said, it really drives the story forward. It gets the pace going, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, we're flying towards the end of this episode already. And we're literally a few minutes in. Yeah. So the other line I love <laughs> is uh, Giles, of course. He asks Willow and, uh, again, another moment of not knowing anyone's personal space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when he sort of says, oh, rest some information from the dread machine. And they just look at him like, there, what the hell? What the hell are you saying? You um, mean a computer? <laughs> yeah. So that was a bit um, British, wasn't it? <laughs> and Buffy's like, welcome to the new world. <laughs> oh. And then, of course, he has to translate his, his own English uh, into the Buffy world English. It's actually interesting because, of course, Willow shows her skills here for the first time. Yeah. Where she can essentially hack into anything on the internet very conveniently she can get any bit of information from from the internet and i know that joss whedon actually said on the the commentary that it was pure convenience and coincidence that a lot of the problems that they had were conveniently resolved (laughs) (laughs) by willow just going i can just go on the net and get all this out yeah, um, and even so, that's an expression that you don't hear much these days. Uh, no. I'd like, you know, I want you to surf the net, which yeah. we all used to say <laughs> back in the day. But now kids would be like, "You mean scroll, right?" Yeah, <laughs> just Google find it. something on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, actually, as a tidbit for you, this is really fast forward into season six or seven. I think it might be season seven, and it was actually Willow or Alison Hannigan who plays Willow that coined the phrase, I'm going to Google it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so that is actually a, a Buffy quote that mm. everyone now. Yeah, I saw uses. that episode recently. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so so Willow's influence and her strength in the group has, you know, been highlighted already. And I think that's the other thing about this episode. It really does sort of bring to the fore each character's strength. So obviously Giles has got, the information that they need and he's carrying out his research with his books and willow has that ability to extend and add to and support buffy and her strength and her natural ability as well to to lead mm-hmm. and xander well, it takes a little longer for xander but it does come to the fore yeah um, we have the first kind of instance of Buffy telling him that it's too dangerous for him. He wants to go with her. Yeah. Uh, because obviously he wants to help his friend. And he's not too pleased with her response. He kind of takes it to mean, oh, you know, I'm inadequate. Oh, what does he say? I- I'm less than a man. Or Yeah, I'm yeah. inadequate. That's fine. I'm less than a man. And mm. you, you have to say, I mean, at this point, I was like, oh, get over yourself, Sander. <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> Um, but, um, but of course he's a teenage guy, uh, and it is all about him and his inadequacies that he's fully aware of. And of course he's got this superhero 
female friend. And it's just going to make his his inadequacies even more profound for him. Um, but yeah. he's incredibly loyal, as we, as we find out. He is. That's probably one of his best qualities as a character. Yeah. Um, is his loyalty. Definitely. And the next scene I love, we get Principal Flutie again. I love this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, we get to see Buffy's strength. Uh, where she just like leaps over the fence that he's locked up and stopping her from leaving. And of course, she she tries to use Giles as an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which um, you can see Principal Fleet is like, Mr. Giles, what's he got to do? <laughs> what's he got to do with any of this? But yeah, I, I love these little interactions between Flutie and Buffy because he wants to see the best in her. Yeah. And I love his little comments as well about Britain and, you know, they have the royal family. And oh, yeah. And all, all sorts of problems. <laughs> think, oh, well, that, that hasn't aged, <laughs> that comment. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's actually interesting as well that this episode, we had a look, didn't we, where it was actually aired exactly the same time. So yeah. uh, I believe it was just a, a commercial break between the episodes originally. Yeah, because I saw it described as in, I was looking at advertising from the time and they said it was a two hour pilot. Um, oh, right. And I think they did that with quite a few shows. But um, yeah, because I was thinking, well, then nobody had to wait till the following week to to find out what happened, which would have been the norm. Yeah, definitely. And I think it was a really good choice to do because... I think if you'd have left it too long, you wouldn't have hooked so many people. And this episode, as is often the case with a lot of early season episodes, personally, I don't think this is the strongest episode. I think it works really well mm -hmm. and it's needed, but it's not as good as Welcome to the Hellmouth, in my opinion. Yeah. But we do get another scene as well, which I love, which is uh, Cordelia in the um, computer science lab. And... Her friend Harmony, who is played by Mercedes McNabb, um, and she also auditioned for Buffy mm. as well. So um, interestingly as well, she's actually the age that she's playing, um, unlike any of the other actors who were much older than the actual teenage characters that they're playing. So I think it was Mercedes McNabb and then Sarah Michelle Gellar. They were closest to or the exact age that they were playing. Mm, interesting. There you go. And this has got to be one of my favourite moments when Cordelia's gossiping about Buffy. Yeah. Who and apparently attacked her. Yeah. Just, just a little bit of exaggeration to just the story. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and, and Willow's there this, thinking, yeah. That doesn't sound like Buffy. You think, no, this did not happen, love. Um, but my favourite guy in this whole thing is this like, weird surfer dude who definitely is not Cordelia's friend. No. Or is definitely not in Cordelia's little group. And he's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Loves a bit of gossip. It's like, wow, who? <laughs> like Buffy. And you do get little Willow sass here, which I love when Cordelia's trying to save her documents or whatever it is that they've just been working on. And Willow goes to leave because she's just been put down by Cordelia. And she just goes, deliver. Cordelia's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Dell and presses delete on the computer. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love her, it. Her face, as well. I just love her face when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it reminded me of a time when I was, when I deleted an essay I had just written. Oh, uh, no. My first essay in college. And yeah, I lost the whole thing. And I tried, oh, oh you know, control Z. No, didn't work. Oh, no. <laughs> Not good. Yeah, so while Buffy is busy jumping the gates of the school, um, we have Willow and Xander discussing how everything has just completely changed for them now that they know about vampires. And it's just, I think it's a nice little reminder of, I suppose, just how big that situation is. It's like, it's like they have this secret now that nobody else knows. And 24 hours ago, their lives were just seemingly normal. Yeah. What, what did he say? It was like a pop quiz. And now it's 
reign of toads. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, again, it's them coming to terms with what they now know. But again, it, they don't really dwell on it, um, the writers. They just, no. you know, they allow the best friends to to talk it through themselves, to make sense of it themselves. And then they sort of go, okay, well, we don't really have time to dwell on that. You know, Willow's like, well, we have class. And Xander's like, yes, you do. Uh, and of course, <laughs> Xander is determined to 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 help Buffy um, and his friend, mm-hmm. um, Jesse. So it's a really, I think it's actually a really important scene which uh, sort of gets overshadowed maybe by, you know, sort of the fight scenes and stuff in, in this yeah. episode. I do like the sort of human ele- element to it because um, you can get bogged down on all the supernatural stuff and then you just get these nice little reminders that they're just, you know, it. there's a whole coming of age thing involved as well. And That's it, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, it doesn't really last very long. The, any of the scenes, they just, they, you know, they say what they need to say and then they just move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so exceptional, the, the writing in this. You know, it's so to the point. Uh, it's funny. It's quite sincere as well. And as you say, it doesn't really focus too much on the supernatural. It sort of explains it. And I think because you already trust the character of Giles, you, you sort of believe that anyway, and then you can move on very quickly. Yeah. So the next scene I've, I've got here is the, the angel scene, yeah. um, which, of course, we find out that this tall, dark, handsome stranger um, that Buffy met in the, in the alley in the last episode, his name is Angel. And as Buffy says, it's a pretty name. Did you like Angel? Um, I mean, if it comes down to, you know, that, that debate that comes up later, Angel or Spike, I mean, my answer is obviously Giles. He is a yeah. good looking guy. You know, I like him <laughs> as a character, but... My heart belongs to librarians. What can I say? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's. I mean, D- David Barianis, who plays Angel, is he was cast just. It sounds awful on his looks. Um, yeah. So I think the casting director saw him walking his dog, um, mm. and they and lived in the he, same neighbourhood. <laughs> had he done some modelling as well, or did I completely make that up? I, I think so. I mean, he had done acting, um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, he was wanting to be an actor, so. Um, but uh, yeah, I believe that she saw him first and went, "Oh, that's Angel," because they've been really struggling to find um, the the right guy for this character. Yeah, and of course, he really made it his own. And you know, bearing in mind it's his, it was really his sort of first big break, as with Nicholas Brendan as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're actually they're really holding up to the more experienced actors in the cast. As well, so I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Alison Hannigan—they'd all been, both of them have been acting since they were, since they were little girls, you know, children. Yeah. And of course, Anthony had, um, had been acting for a lot longer, and you can you can see that you know that those three actors really hold up the the show. Um, I think David Boreanaz and Nicholas Brennan—they just they were so naturally good. Yeah, they and were. They got their characters so so well, and you can really see. The angel character that you see later on, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of, he's a bit smarmy. Yeah. And he's sort of, he's got a bit of sense of humor and he's, he's quite lighthearted and, uh, and you really get, you know, he sort of teases Buffy. I think you really see that in, in this scene. But yeah, I, you know, everyone's like, oh, there was a lot of chemistry between them and things. I genuinely never saw it. I, never felt, <laughs> I was always like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I, completely get why Buffy would have liked Angel but yeah um, but yeah I, I didn't think there was actually too much chemistry between them but hey ho <laughs> so, <laughs> and Angel does say as well uh, that the harvest which of course the episode is named after is tonight it's that night uh, mm-hmm. and the master will rise so we get a complete explanation from Giles a bit later on but that's really that's all we really need to know and Angel's fully aware of that. And, um, you know, it does make you wonder, you think, how does he know all this stuff? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't personally completely convinced when, you know, when she asks him, he's trying to deter her from going any further. And she asks him, why doesn't he do it? And he says, he's afraid. But he says it in a way that it's like, I don't really believe he is that afraid. Again, you know, I think that's a writer saying, you know, who is this guy? Do we trust this guy? Yeah. Don't we trust this guy? Buffy then 
breaks open the the lock, which I don't get because she sort of descends into this this basement. <laughs> which, yeah, <laughs> you know, every good mausoleum should have a basement like this. It should, with you know, electric and <laughs> gas canisters and gas pipes and everything. And then of course Xander shows up, uh, freaks Buffy out, and he's he's followed her because he's you know showing his loyalty. So this is his main strength. And his humour, of course. Yeah, she she arms him with he he's like, so we need a steak, we need garlic, and she just sort of hands him. Uh, yeah, because he's like, yeah, because I don't actually have any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, having them both together as well. Again, I think the writers are you know setting up these scenes where they're just like, oh, okay, so it's Buffy and Xander, Buffy and Angel, Buffy and Willow, Buffy and Giles. Um, and then, of course, you know, you get the interactions with them all as well. So you're still getting that that lowdown of how Buffy reacts to people around her and how others react around her as well and how they respond to her. But yeah, you know, a little um, Buffy banter, you know, she sort of explains. And I think it's the other thing as well. It just goes through all the vampire lore for the show. So according to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show you can behead a vampire, sunlight will kill it, fire will kill them, holy water, stake through the heart. And it just lists them in, in a way that you know, obviously the character is saying, okay, so garlic crosses, staking, is there anything else? And it just runs it down really quickly. So we don't yeah. have to learn any of this. It's just the case of like, well, you know, we've told you this and yeah. this so is how vampires when, were created. When it comes up again, we'll already know what to expect. We'll know yeah. what they should be doing. That's it, yeah. I, it, it, again, it's just a really good setup episode. It's a full, full-blown exposition episode, really. One of my most favourite shots, the cinematography on this next scene, how they changed to this next scene. I sort of wish that they did this more often, but then if they did this more often, it would get old quite easily, mm. quite quickly. They shift right, so you've got Xander and Buffy walking down the, um, you know, the the basement tunnel, and the camera shifts right, and it just zooms back into the library, and it reveals the library from, um, I think it's sort of the indexing uh, folder cabinet, and I love it. I love that scene. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so and- clever. And you see those kinds of scenes so often now in so many shows, but it's just it's just so cool. You see it done a lot through walls, you know, one person's yes. house to another. Yeah. But yeah, it's great. It's really cool. It is. So we get a little more exposition. Giles is basically talking to himself, which makes absolute sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> we get a, a, a bit of we get a picture as well. We have an illustration just to help along the story uh, and it's basically it's a picture of the master and he's talking about the vessel uh, and this then turns into a passage that Giles begins to read and it's saying it's the night of the crescent moon and and then of course he's like of course that's tonight because of <laughs> course why wouldn't he know that so Buffy and Xander finally managed to track Jesse down but yes. Before anyone gets too excited about that, um, he's a vampire now. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that wasn't too much of a, <gasps> really? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite common now in TV shows where one of the main characters will die very early on. Mm. So you get attached to them and then all of a sudden they're, they're missing or they're removed in some horrible, violent way. And that's exactly what Joss Whedon wanted to do with, with Jesse. But yeah, I mean, Jesse's he thinks he's a better man. And there's that horrible line <laughs> that he comes out with about being able to see, hear the worms in the earth. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. It's like, oh, okay, nice. How pleasant. <laughs> but he still can't speak with his teeth in, can he? No, I mean, that's, <laughs> I've always found that just really amusing, just the effect that those teeth have <laughs> on people's voices. It's hilarious. It's, yeah. It reminds it, me of like Halloween when you, you put the teeth in and you're just, you can't speak to anyone properly yeah. or they keep falling out. It's like, ah. They just all have a lisp. Yeah. 
But the, again, Buffy and Xander, they manage to escape. Um, they climb out of a manhole cover into like some electric plant. And again, we get clarification that vampires are, can't go out in daylight. You know, they start smoking and stuff. And it, I mean, I, I think that's a really good moment where, you know, the vampire grabs her ankle and you get this this one last moment of, oh my gosh, she's not safe. Mm. Uh, and of course, Xander's, Xander's there to help her. So Yeah, which is um, important, I think, because it's, I mean, she obviously was not happy about him following her when he was told not to, but she kind of just accepts his presence then. So it's a, it's a kind of a hint that he is needed, yes. you know, and she needs her friends yeah, because they do become her close friends. She needs her friends with her uh, for support. Yeah, because you never know when you might need to be pulled out of a sewer. You know, no, that's it. <laughs> so yeah, you need your your gang. I think we do need to give special mention to <laughs> the most underwhelming vampire on the episode, <laughs> who's called Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they knew what they were doing there. They did. <laughs> The fact is they actually ask, they actually says, the master's, oh, Colin, <laughs> you failed me. Tell me you're sorry. And, uh, and he says, it's always sorry, Colin. It's always Colin. And poor Colin, Colin fucked up again. Yeah, poor Colin. And he gets a master's finger in his eye, or his face, <laughs> which we don't see, but. Mm. We can hear it. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I must say as well, the other person who's really good at banter, they've got their own brand of banter, is the master. Yeah. I think he's so, he's like, you've got something in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> Let but, me get um, it for you. Uh, he's he's great. I mean, he comes out with some cracking lines uh, later on. And mm. um, I think between him and Buffy, it's a bit of a standoff between their one-liners, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so we also learn at this scene just it's almost like a throwaway scene because Colin just steals the show. Um, <laughs> just with we, his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but we find out that Luke is nearly ready. So, uh, again, it's setting up the scene that Luke will be the vessel. And that's confirmed, mm-hmm. obviously, later on. But, but again, it's just, you know, it's an important scene, but it's, it's always got that bit of humour behind it, which I think is so well done. And it never overpowers what's actually happening. And then we're back to the library again. There's obviously a lot that happens in the library and the cast, which I think we mentioned last episode, the cast was so sick and tired <laughs> of this set. But I love it. I, I just wish that they would they were in there all the time. I would hang out there all the time if I went I would. to school. Yeah. Like my school's library was pretty pathetic. Uh, there was barely a book in sight. It was just a big open space where people would sit and eat lunch when they were meant to be studying. Oh. We weren't we weren't allowed to have food in there, but everyone just went in there to hang out and eat oh, instead okay. of study and read books. So yeah. very disappointing. Oh, see, I, I was quite lucky. My my library wasn't as nice as this as the Sunnydale Library, but um, it was because I went to a cathedral school, so I was very lucky where all the buildings were really old buildings, and um, but it did mean that the library was absolutely freezing. So, yeah, I mean, you'd go in and, you know, you'd have to put your coat on and your gloves and <laughs> sit there and, <laughs> and do your study. But, yeah, so so Giles is in there, of course. He's researching. And the door goes. And uh, bless him, he's hopeful because, of course, he ha- they have no idea where Buffy is. So he, uh, he sees Willow instead. And then we get this other really fantastic interaction between Giles and Willow. They They put their heads together, really, don't they? And. Giles has sort of explained, presumably off camera, what he needs Willow to research because he's mentioned about the dread machine. Um, and Willow's comes comes back, uh, and and has scoured the internet and of course come up with conveniently all of the all of the details that they need. And they go through this, and then they essentially it, it comes together, much to Giles's. <laughs> Uh, displeasure because he's sort of I rather wish it weren't um <laughs> so uh but again we're back to the master's layer again there's a lot of back and forth um with, with this episode and it I think it works when you're watching it but when you're talking about it it's I must say I'm getting I'm getting my head confused uh with this but um 
This is the homoerotic scene, though, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, enter Muscle Man, uh, oh my otherwise God. known otherwise known as Luke. Oh, those arms! <laughs> He's just thinking, forget about his face. Look at those arms, biceps. Yeah. His biceps had biceps. They're, they're, <laughs> they're like weapons in themselves. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a very tight T-shirt. You know, it, it is. Like, it was a very sort of uh, high cut sleeve as well. So I'm going to I'm actually going to say that was a that was a good costume call. I mm. I think that was a it was very strong. Yeah. <laughs> from from Luke. But yeah, it's very I mean it's getting to the point, you know, it's really sort of hammering down that you know the master's vessel Luke uh is channeling the master. So when he drinks from a human, it's strengthening the master. And will eventually release the master. They just really hammer that with, you know, my body is your instrument, my soul is your soul, and all yeah. the rest of it. And you know, all the while he's licking from his wrist. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd be forgiven for thinking that they're filming like a, some kind of vampire porn film here yeah. <laughs> in this lair. Yeah, yeah. and then Darla's just sat there watching. Yeah. What What do you think to Darla? She's, uh, yeah, she's. She's scary. She gives me the creeps. <laughs> She's like, oh, master. Ugh. Yeah. And I mean, what's she wearing as well? Mm. She's like, what, 400-year-old vampire and she's wearing, <laughs> she's wearing like some schoolgirl outfit. It's a bit, I don't know, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a bit odd. I don't think they really figured that one out. But yeah, so, the, you know, the master's getting it, getting it on with Luke. <laughs> um, and also, I just had to point this out. Because I love my costume, as you know, mm-hmm. but um, the master's sleeves have Velcro. Ah, <laughs> oh, I did not so notice. It's, <laughs> so it's easy, easy to open, easy access for Luke to have a bit of a sip. Ah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but I just love the fact he's got Velcro sleeves. <laughs> and it's PVC jacket and trousers that never get wet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a smashing suit, isn't it? It is. <laughs> so. And Xander and Buffy join the others in the library this time. So they they tell Willow all about Jesse, and apparently, yeah, it's a fate worse than death. Definitely, the one thing worse than death is being a vampire. Yeah, and Xander is obviously he's struggling with this in yeah. his own way, and he takes mm-hmm. it out on. On a uh, what the Americans would call a trash can, yeah. we would call it a bin. And then Buffy again moves on. It's it's like so, <laughs> Giles, <laughs> got anything that can make this day any worse? <laughs> How about the end of the world? Knew I could count on you. <laughs> uh, and it's just back to that lovely banter that they've got. It's really good timing between these two. Yeah, and I actually love that we're just, this is only the second episode and she she's not even bothering to call him Mr. Giles. All that yeah. politeness is just out the window. It's just Giles. Yeah, it's Giles now. You will forever us. be known as Giles. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's one of the gang. They're definitely, I think that by this time now, this scene, they're, they're all together. We've, we've established their strengths, how they work together. I don't think we have a Xander... Giles only scene. I don't think we actually have one of those for a really long time. No, although we did have a little um I think when he was upset at not at being left behind, Buffy didn't want to put him in danger. Giles kind of he he doesn't exactly touch his arm, but it's a little reassuring gesture. He's kind of you can see he feels sorry for him. I just oh. noticed it's very very subtle, but I was just I, I just noticed it in that scene. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Like so, there's barely contact, but it's kind of, yeah. you can see it on his face and it's like he's about to touch his arm and doesn't quite. Yeah. Jaws does, yeah, he, he doesn't really respect personal space, does he? No, uh, he doesn't. So no. <laughs> um, in, in the nicest possible way. He's just nice about it. And we, we then get, which I love how he says this, uh, we, we get the first name of the Hellmouth, but uh, we get the Spanish version. It was the Boca del Inferno, which Ooh. I just love when he says it. Yeah. Um, it's like roughly translated as Hellmouth. <laughs> um, so, um, 
And they, and this really, I think this is really key. It gets to explain what it is. It's it's a portal between dimensions and and the world and the earth and and of course hell. And that's really worth remembering because it's this is key to the whole show. Yeah. But yeah, so they know it's the end of the world. The master's going to open the hell mouth. Conveniently and... on this night, which only happens once a century. Apparently. Yes. Which doesn't actually make... Well, it, I suppose it would make sense because the harvest can happen every hundred years. Mm. But uh, they actually say the master was buried in a earthquake 60 years before. But who cares? It's fine. It's the Hellmouth. <laughs> um, and uh, we then learn that whoever is sporting the Mercedes symbol on their head is the vessel. That's where the power is being drawn from. Which so, unfortunately means they're going to have to go around Sunnydale finding anyone who drives a Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> and just take them out. Yeah. Just destroy them. But yeah, Buffy, in, in her way, completely sums up what Giles has just explained and drawn. He's also, he's done a diagram, uh, which he does love a diagram, doesn't he? Does Giles. Yeah. And, and using globes and <laughs> sort of visual means. <laughs> Um, and this is like constantly through the show, which mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's adorable. So, but you know, Buffy gets it. She goes, okay, I just kill the guy with, I dust the guy with the symbol and then there's no more harvest. So she's just boiled it down to one simple sentence. And then they all just, well, Xander puts in his tuppence and, and basically says they've got to go to the bronze. That's where the harvest will be happening. And then they head out. But Buffy needs to take a little detour to go home and get supplies. Yes. I really like Giles in this scene. I think he looks really lovely. Yeah. <laughs> just just need to just, say it. It needs to be said every once in a while, just to remind people. <laughs> every scene. Every, basically. yeah, every scene. Every <laughs> look, sick. every, yeah, I could go His on. hair is amazing in this. It is. Who <laughs> <laughs> you watching it like, God, I love his hair. <laughs> There was a scene Uh, where he had, it started where he didn't have his glasses on and I was just like, oh, that's just. Oh, yeah. When Willow comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next scene, I think Buffy looks gorgeous. I love her hair. It's Mm. so 90s in this next scene when she's in her bedroom and she's getting all of her supplies. And then she gets this amazing leather jacket, which is just like completely it's just been through the wars. It's her slaying jacket, definitely. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, and, and then we get this lovely interaction with her mum again, mm-hmm. which is a complete parallel to Buffy's reality and Buffy's mum's reality. Because, um, of course, she doesn't know Buffy is the slayer. No. Uh, as, as far as she's great. concerned, she's just getting into trouble again because she's had a conversation with the principal about her recent behavior oh yeah because she doesn't and... yeah she's missed classes they've yeah. not unpacked yet and she's already getting calls from the principal yeah um, so she refuses to let her go back out so she says you can either stay up here and sulk or you know you can come down and we'll have dinner so of course buffy does not choose either <laughs> <laughs> she, she says um maybe neither of those um so she grabs her steak and garlic i was gonna say garlic bread (laughs) that is the the steak garlic the garlic well it's like it's just it's two in one yeah weapon against the the garlic bread (laughs) (laughs) with a with a hip flask of holy water and she heads out for a good night (laughs) but um i think there's also it's a lovely visual with the parallel for um, when she pulls out her tr- the trunk and the top layer, it has all of her childhood yeah. um, toys and mementos. And, and then underneath is the reality, you know, of, of being a slayer and who she actually is. It just doesn't linger. You know, it tells you what it needs to tell you. And then, and then she slides out the window and runs off with her garlic bread and hit plastic <laughs> holy water. <laughs> I can't believe it's a garlic bread. And we have a lovely shot to remind us that the sun is going down. So 
Oh, yeah. That can only mean one thing. (laughs) Shit is going down (laughs) with the sun. And it's at the bronze. And I look, oh, my favorite place, the bronze. Cordelia's outfit. She looks stunning. I mean, she's stunning all the time, but she looks amazing in this scene. Um, She does. And she's just talking utter shite. (laughs) (laughs) About senior boys. Senior boys. And then someone actually goes to interject and she's like, hello, Miss Motormouth. (laughs) Can I finish a sentence? (laughs) It's like, wow, okay. But I I love these Cordelia's. I mean, we actually, we get two fantastic ones in this episode. Mm. And then, of course, we get the introduction of the new Jesse, the vampire Jesse. The new and improved. A little, yeah. I was was like, oh, hello. (laughs) I mean, she even wants to dance with him now. Yeah. There's something about him. There is really well done to the actor playing Jesse because he really, he changes completely from, you know, the dorky guy to, you know, this dark, handsome stranger. Uh, This is Eric Balfour who played Jesse and, he looks fantastic and his hair's amazing. Mm. <laughs> um, so again, it's that black. Do you think it's do you think that's Luke's t-shirt that he's borrowed? Oh yeah, I would say so. Yeah. It's the it's the magic t-shirt. Black, it is. The magic black t-shirt. Yeah. I um, mean, he, he better watch what happens to his arms than when he puts that on. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Get biceps from biceps. <laughs> and speaking of costume and good outfits. Luke's wearing his velvet jacket again when he appears with all of his little vampire entourage. (laughs) He knows we love that jacket, so he put it back on especially. Very impressed with that jacket. Uh, Darla is just there again. I must say she really touched, yeah, (laughs) grating on me a bit. But yeah, so uh, the actual, the music in this, I I know I keep mentioning the music. I'm a huge fan of, of the Buffy soundtrack and then also the you know the music that they had playing um this is actually um called ballad for dead friends and it's really really good and i think it really sets the pace of the scene and that you know how mm-hmm. they have that close you know that that um the slow motion of them coming out of the shadows yeah it's very reservoir dogs i thought yeah it's and it's something really cool. Earlier on reminded me of that film too with uh, the way you don't see the whole thing with the eye. It's like that scene in Reservoir Dogs with the ear being cut off and everyone convinces themselves that they saw it, but you didn't see it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah. And I think that, I mean, the lighting helps with, you know, with with getting that that atmosphere in and the the music really, it's a really good choice of music. It is. And then we're on to like basically the final scene or final big scene. Mm. Um, and then the doorman who's, who's finally checking people's IDs. I mean, why do they, why would he stop these guys, <laughs> but not all the teenagers going yeah. into this? Because <laughs> they, they, they do look like they're in their thirties. They do. Nobody's getting inside apparently without some sort of ID. And then he's like, what's wrong with your faces? <laughs> um, How's that for ID? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, and then of course Luke does his, ladies and gentlemen, his uh, <laughs> frightens his the shit out of everybody. Impression. Yeah, and this will uh, be your last night. <laughs> yeah, this is a glorious night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who this sounds like, but it's definitely not Luke. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the poor doorman who insisted on doing his job that one and only time uh, is probably regretting it now because he gets drained of his blood and cordelia realizes that there's something wrong with jesse's face oh too. yeah because he's and she gives, out i have to say that was another great scream i loved her scream she she's very good at screaming yeah um, and jesse's really really ugly as a vampire yeah it just it suits some people and then just not others mm-hmm. um and i know that they're meant to be monstrous and grotesque but i think luke really suits being a vampire i know we don't see him in any other way but he looks really good <laughs> Not, i don't mean attractive but he looks really good whereas jesse just looks he looks more like a dork as a vampire than yeah. he did when he was just normal jesse mm-hmm. and of course because he can't speak 
<laughs> so he's like, she's mine. <laughs> Fighting over uh, Cordelia later on. Yeah, but, that's um, the one thing that hasn't changed. He still is hung up on Cordelia. Yes. <laughs> he just yeah. wants her for himself. Yep. And then the, the gang arrives yeah. um, and the, the door, surprise, surprise, is locked. But, you know, that shouldn't stop Buffy from getting in, but it does. No. <laughs> <laughs> On this occasion, it's locked, so therefore Buffy cannot open it. Um, so they, they come up with a plan and Buffy heads off. And then Willow, Xander and Giles, they, they head off in a, another direction to mm-hmm. break into the back and, and um, uh, get people out. Xander is still really struggling with what's happened to Jesse and Giles. There's a bit where Giles actually has to remind him that he's not the person that he knew. That's just gone. Yeah, the camera work on that. I've spotted it before, but give it another watch. It's fantastic. They, they pan around Xander. So you, you get Giles and he says, no, you listen to me. Jesse is dead. You have to remember that when you see him, you're not looking at your friend. And then it pauses and it goes around Xander's back. And then it, on the other side of Xander's shoulder, you get Giles again. And then he says, you're looking at the thing that killed him. And it's really, really good timing by Anthony Head Yeah. Um, with, with that camera. Because he obviously would have seen the camera and then, then carried on with his line. It's really good delivery. Mm-hmm. And then the master's almost free. He can feel it, but not. it's still there. <laughs> got that little bubble, that little bubble still around him, um, and he's he's screaming, "Give me more!" in a very masterly way. Um, so, and then we get Jesse's like, "This one's mine," <laughs> and then you've got Darla bickering with him, and I don't know. I think Darla could be a, a more powerful vampire at this point mm-hmm. in her vampire career because uh, she's clearly quite old, isn't she? Yeah. She's reaching retirement now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're all for the master. It's like, oh, <laughs> go on then. Off you go. So Luke's doing his whole just talking at anyone. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who'll listen. Yeah. And those who won't. Buffy realizes he's the vessel. He's talking about history is at its end and tonight will be history and blah, blah, blah. Degradation most holy uh, and all the rest of it. And then Buffy sweeps in. Just in time to stop him biting Cordelia. Yeah, with her amazing bit of banter. Not before she throws a mm. a vampire off the, the top level. And then she does this a most amazing... I remember seeing this the first time. I was just like, wow. When she flips off the top level, lands beautifully on the pool table. Mm. She does a... Fl- it's not a flip, is it? It's like a... What is it? A, a handstand or something? I don't yeah. really know. Um, but she just picks up very naturally the pool cue and then she just thrusts it into this guy who's just attacking her. She doesn't even look. <laughs> it's so cool. It's brilliant. And you just, while she's chatting, you just see this pool cue <laughs> just in shot. She takes her jacket off and then he just, you know, it just disappears. So, you know, he's just... He's going to just turn into dust any minute. Uh, it's brilliant. It's so, so good. I think they maybe go a little over over the edge with, uh, she does like this cartwheel up onto the stage, which, mm. but it's still cool. It's, it's cool. Yeah, very cool. And then you get the other half of the, of the gang. So the, the three, the three musketeers <laughs> uh, breaking into the back and then they, you know, leading Trying people to, out. Yeah. Get everybody out. And, Xander gets caught, doesn't he? I think he gets grabbed mm. by some vampires. You have Buffy still fighting Luke, and he's actually getting the upper hand. Mm. I'm sure he is. He's a bit dazed because she keeps like <laughs> sort of <laughs> kicking him and jumping around him and stuff. But she notices Xander, and this is another cool Buffy moment, like the ultimate Buffy moment, I think, with the symbol. Xander's caught with a vampire. Vampires grabbed him from behind. Buffy notices it and, you know, while she's fighting this monster of a vampire with those huge biceps and his velvet jacket, she flings this the symbol from the drum set and Xander sees it. She decapitates the vampire with a with a drum symbol. It's amazing. 
um, it was actually uh, that was not shown in the UK. Oh, apparently. Oh, yeah. that rings a bell. Actually, yeah. yeah. Apparently, it was deemed too violent. <laughs> so <laughs> it's actually that moment where then Luke grabs her from behind and gets the upper hand. But I mean, shit's all breaking loose here. Cordelia's being attacked by Jesse. He's obviously on one. Xander then rescues Cordelia by confronting Jesse. Obviously, he's confronting his demon, his best friend. And Luke is completely um, overpowered Buffy. And he's, you know, about ready to bite her. And then you've got Willow and Giles in the in the back uh, and they're guiding people out and then giles gets um Knocked to the ground on. yeah i mean i don't blame dollar <laughs> nah, at all neither. for jumping giles <laughs> uh but um but yeah i mean she completely flies off the stairs um onto him and then you get this fantastic interaction with xander and jesse where he accidentally gets impaled <laughs> In the end, which I, I think is brilliant, how how he just does it, he's like. <laughs> so, Willow comes to the rescue with her little jar of holy water mm-hmm. for Giles, which is sweet. And again, it's just showing more Willow zest. Yeah, she has her little heroic moment. She really does. I mean, she's not, you know, for someone who who's really, you know, comes across as really timid, and uh, she's like, "Get off him." <laughs> I, I almost wish she had said, get off my librarian. <laughs> yeah, he's my librarian. Leave him alone. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I actually feel, I feel the burn mm. with the um, the holy water hitting Dala's face. It's like, oh, scream. Another good scream. Mm. Lot of, lots of good screaming in these yeah. episodes. It's, it's really good. And then you get this fantastic last scene with Buffy v Luke and she's like oh you forget one thing <laughs> sunrise uh, and she smashes the window it's brilliant she completely outsmarts him breaks the window he's and, all this. and then has a moment of hang on nothing's happening yeah and sees what it actually is which is not the sun <laughs> it's just a <laughs> it's just a side lamp and she just grabs a stake Slams it into his back. Uh, it's about it. What was it? It's in about nine hours, moron. And then he just disappears. So in the end, it's really a battle of intellect. Yes. Yeah. Brain <laughs> That's over what brawn. it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a shame he was dusted because the jacket has gone with him as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll mourn the jacket. Yeah. At the end, they have this little conflab in in the bronze. It's again. It's interesting in in the commentary. They actually uh, they mention that you know in theory that there should be a whole pile of bodies <laughs> <laughs> of all the people that they didn't save, but um, they decided that that would be too unhappy, so they conveniently got rid of all those bodies. Another interesting fact is Dala was meant to be killed by Willow, oh, uh, but they changed their mind and they wanted her to run off screaming with holy water burns instead. Yeah, so there's a little tidbit there. So um, Angel's lurking outside and realises that Buffy has prevented the harvest. So he has a little little private moment of celebration. Yeah, which I don't know. You're just thinking, well, what, what were you there for? Yeah, like what did you do to prevent the harvest, Angel? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just, you just sound patronising, hidden away behind your box. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll be damned she did it. You're thinking... Go away or help. <laughs> okay, just whatever it is you're doing, you're not you're not helpful at the moment. Um, so you may have get the impression. I do like Angel. I think he's a really good character, but he's really annoying. I think he's like one of the biggest. He's the most flawed <laughs> character in the whole series. At this um, point, he's just in the way. He you know? he really is. He's just annoying, <laughs> and I know he, he annoys Buffy as well. And it's just like yes. You are just annoying. You're not helpful. So, you know, just be a bit more sociable or helpful. And then they get this, you know, the lovely, they sort of gather their thoughts and they, you know, Willow's like, did we win? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And of course, you know, they did avert the harvest. So they stopped that. And again, I think Xander sort of says, well, 
one thing's for sure, nothing's going to be the same again. And it just, I think it just gives you that reminder that, you know, these guys, Buffy's aware of it, Giles is aware of, you know, the the supernatural. But Willow and Xander have never seen it before. It's, mm. it's completely new to them and they're still sort of reeling from from all of that. And then the next day, so we, we, we're back to the brightness of, uh, the Californian sun and Sunnydale High and everything's just normal again. And you have Cordelia who's talking about rival gangs and <laughs> and it's weird that Buffy knew them and <laughs> but more um, gossip, <laughs> more gossip. And uh, yeah, and then you know you get the four of them converge and. Bless him, Giles just gets so excited. Yeah, very excited <laughs> at all the About horrors the that start time. to come. Yeah. <laughs> it's he's almost smirking. He's like, just wait till the next time. Oh, it's yeah, he's he's just, you know, not just vampires. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be anything. <laughs> um, so Buffy with her sarcasm's like, mm, I can hardly wait. And uh and he again, he's sort of like can you not just see the serious side of this, you know? Uh, we're in the centre of a mystical convergence here. But he says um, that a little too excitedly to be taken seriously, he's, you know? He's geeking out, isn't he? Bless him. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the three friends, they are definitely friends now. They've gone through a hardship together and they've they've seen the other side and and they've, you know, they've got themselves, they've got their humour, it's still, still intact. And... Giles watches them go, and I think this is probably one of the most iconic lines ever of the show, mm-hmm. and ever. And I think also, well, I, I know that this is Anthony Head's favourite line. Yes, that Giles said, uh, which is, "The earth is doomed." It's great, and the earth was doomed. <laughs> <laughs> the earth is doomed. It's just how he says it, you know, it's just like a, it's like a passing, I don't know, it's just like a passing thought, it's like, mm-hmm. and the earth is doomed. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what do you think to this episode overall? Um, I would be of a similar opinion in that I think, I think it's a lesser episode than the first one, but I do, I do like it, I like the building of the relationships, the back and forth, the library scenes, sort of establishing their interactions with one another and how it ends as well. Just the the whole idea of like you, you could, you watch the end and almost think, oh, this could be like, you know, a film, a two hour film and that's it. That's the end of the story. But it's like, no, this is just the beginning. There's more of this to come. And I just, yeah, I like that. And what's your favourite scene? Um, I think my favourite scene is with uh, Willow and Cordelia and the whole deliver slash delete thing. I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my favourite scene, it's got to be when they start to figure out, you know, how did Luke jump up on Buffy? Yeah. Um, and it's it's just that first moment where they're all working together. They're vibing they're all in sync. So that's that's maybe my favorite scene of mm, this episode. That's a good one. What's your favorite outfit? Um I'm torn between well, it's Luke. It's either that t-shirt or the velvet <laughs> jacket or maybe a combination of both. <laughs> yes. I think Buffy has a fantastic outfit when she's getting ready to go and slay. I think her slay outfits are amazing thus far. Um Cordelia just looked stunning. Yeah. Willow is I think we we need to mention Willow at some point with with her, with her outfits, her costume, mm-hmm. because I know that the the actual the costume department they really struggled with Willow getting her character dressed in a particular way, which is why she's a bit far out all the time. Um, I think my favourite outfit has got to be <laughs> the Master's Velcro sleeves. I, it's just... <laughs> I had a feeling you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing. I must say, because because we we obviously we've said that we'd set out to say who's what's you know the favorite outfit and favorite character and all the rest of it, and I must say I was not expecting to see that tonight and go oh my god, 
it's, <laughs> it's perfect. It's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I think it's got to be the Masters PVC, waterproof, entirely dry, Velcro-sleeved outfit mm-hmm. uh, with its little tall neck, all of his buttons. It looks great. It's fantastic. <laughs> Favourite character? I'm going to say Xander just because of sort of the progression, all the uncertainty about Jesse. And just I think he learns so much over the course of the episode about himself and just, well, obviously about vampires. And uh, he goes from kind of feeling a bit useless and inadequate to actually having quite an important role to play Yeah, um, in the story in this episode. So, yeah, I'm going to say Xander. Yeah, I think he'd be sort of my most valuable character mm-hmm. from this episode as well. For all the same reasons. Can I have my least favourite characters? Because I'm struggling yeah. at the moment. <laughs> so my least favourite is, it's got to be Dala. Yeah. She's just annoying me now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, the master. <laughs> Only the master. Yeah, I was actually really glad that she ran off <laughs> with her face <laughs> on fire kill count so obviously Dala doesn't die and I think it's it's actually it's only Buffy who kills any vampires thus far mm-hmm. which I think is it's quite telling because obviously you know, very early on in, in the show you know we get the I mean Luke even says it to the master um, when he says, oh, I think she's a slayer. And the master's like, oh, how do you know? And she said, well, she fought me and lived. And I think you they're just building up this concept that actually the slayer is really only capable, the only one capable yeah. of slaying vampires. Um, so Buffy's got a kill count of four in this episode. So it's quite, it's quite a, uh, a step up from last episode. It is. Is that why you're always cleaning your glasses? So you don't have to see what we're doing? Tell no one. And we have also got a step up with the amount of times that Giles removes his glasses. But he doesn't clean them on this these occasions, but he will do. He has his little handkerchief to hand. And it it really does, it it like just sets me on edge every time he cleans his glasses because it's like there's no way that you've cleaned your glasses (laughs) (laughs) enough that you can see through them. No. So he removes his glasses once on screen and then he's got them off twice so he's removed them twice i have one more tidbit actually for for this well really for this season but um it's actually the 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 first few episodes that we really see the graveyard that they're filming in and quite interesting this is an actual graveyard that they filmed in originally Mm -hmm. um and they would have to drive out to it so it would take a lot longer to to do all of those night scenes so obviously they have to wait for night then they have to get there and set up and all the rest of it and then come season two they built their own graveyard which was in the parking lot uh, of the film set but that is an actual graveyard it's quite a beautiful graveyard as well actually yeah Very. um when i went to america um earlier this year i visited uh who i would call a buffy friend <laughs> so <laughs> And uh, she was very kindly driving us around everywhere. And I spotted an American graveyard. <laughs> and no joke, they're exactly like the ones on Buffy. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I saw a few when I was there last year as well. Amazing. I loved it. I th- I got very excited over it. And my friend was like, really? <laughs> don't, you, <laughs> don't you have graveyards? I'm like, yeah, we do. We have, you know, they're not like this, though. They're not like no. They're not like the Buffy ones. But yeah, you know, it's nice to see that it was an authentic graveyard. What's your favourite line? I've struggled with this one because obviously it ends with one of the most iconic lines ever from Giles. But I think purely because it made me laugh so much, I think my favourite line is... Also a Giles line when he says... That was a bit um, British, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's like the realisation. It's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
like I didn't realize quite how British I, I was till I said that. Yeah, it, it's that sort of the fact that he got absolutely nothing back from the others. Yeah. Uh, and they're just looking blankly at him. Yeah, it's it's definitely the... Um, Maybe that you can wrest some information from that dread machine. <laughs> you think, oh, bless him. Yeah. But uh, yes, it's that, that was a bit um, British, wasn't it? <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, just a tad, just a tad. Yeah, I, th- I think I, that's got to be one of my favourites. I do love the interaction with, with Xander uh, and Buffy. They can fly? They can drive. There's some fantastic uh, one nights. And of course, the master. You have something in your eye. <laughs> but um, overall, I think it's it's a valuable episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a filler episode. It's no. needed. They need to, you know, and they kept the pace up, which was really, really good. But I'm so looking forward to the next episode. This is probably one of my favorite episodes of season one. Mm. And it introduces some new characters. Uh, it introduces something new supernaturally as well. I think it's great. It's a fantastic episode. So I can't wait to rewatch that with you and uh, to dissect it <laughs> and have a chat about it. <laughs> So, uh, and of course, the next episode, which will be episode three, is called Witch. So that in itself is intriguing. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what that's going to be about. Yeah. (laughs) Which, to be fair, it isn't exactly as you would think. No. Uh, So it's brilliant. It starts so, so well as well. So anyway, we will save that because it is definitely one of my favourites. Thank you so much for joining us again as we dissected this episode and we hope you're enjoying it so far and we'd love to know what you think as well you can get in touch with us on x the app formerly known as the bird app the bird um app. and instagram and also tiktok if that's your thing which it's kind of alien to me but <laughs> however you <laughs> want to get in touch with us we'd really like to hear from you yeah, let us know what your favourite scene was, the best line that, that you think came out of Welcome to the Hellmouth and also The Harvest as well. And, um, you know, if you disagree with anything that we say or if you have any new information, any tidbits, please do let us know because it's, you know, it's it's about finding out a little more about Buffy and, and also about meeting new people as well. So that's what we'd really mm-hmm. love to do is, is uh, connect with a few more Buffy lovers and Buffy fans. So until next time on previously, (laughs) previously (laughs) on Buffy, we'll catch you the next episode. Thank you again for listening. Next time on previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then of course we cut to a very ominous scene with a very bubbly cauldron. Yeah, it's a proper hoodoo with the voodoo. And we see Giles getting a little too excited about the joys of living on the hell <laughs> and everyone looks at him like, like hell what is your problem man <laughs> pardon me for finding the glass half full it's a new character that we get introduced to and it's the Giles Mobile I absolutely fucking love this car thanks for listening to previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer you can follow us on X Instagram or TikTok just search previously on Buffy. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast directory so you never miss an episode.